This week on MXPB, it's time for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, baby! Plus, PS Plus, new PlayStation services news is here. Don't go away, MXPB starts now. Hello and welcome to the Morning XP Boost. We're your hosts, Tox and Glitch, and we're here to give you the experience points you need to level up and get through your week. Glitch, my man, what's good? Oh, oh, you know. What's good with you? I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit tired, so I don't have a response. Let's say um, the stock market is good. There you go. All right. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about our news and history. We got some PlayStation, some PlayStation news hot off the press, late breaking, totally broken, totally hot. PlayStation news, and um, we're going to talk about uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, because uh, somebody's been playing it, no spoilers as to who, but it's Glitch. <laughs> uh, and hopefully, yeah. eventually, talks. Yeah, well, just see, yeah, there's, anything yeah. is possible, anything is possible. What are you playing right now, Tox? Uh, well, so one of the reasons I'm a little bit tired today is because I was up a little bit later than I expected, uh, trying to get to the end of Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, I'm, I still love the game, but I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, I want to get to the end of this thing. And I feel like I thought I was at the end like three times already. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. I'm about to, uh, I don't think it's too spoilery to say I'm about to face off with Hades. So okay. I feel like that is close to the end, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll find out. <laughs> have you uh, have you also been doing any of like the the dungeons, or have you yeah. done any more to like I did all be able the cauldrons? I did. I've okay. got unlocked all the map. I did a bunch of side quests, so I have spent quite a bit of time in the game. I'm level forty two. Not to brag, but uh, that's actually pretty high. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> I got all the skills that I want. Uh, Sweet. So now it's just bonus. And time to beat yeah, the boss. Time to get the boss. And I got the tinkerer skill. I like the tinkerer skill because now I can like fully strategize all my weapon uh, modifications without worrying about uh, losing anything. So um, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm pretty powerful. I can. I can take down things pretty well. I had to fight two stormbirds though yesterday. <laughs> I was like, "Why? I just want more story." And then I'm like, "Was that the? Yeah. Were those the ones that were on the cliff? The one was you- in the top of the mountains. Yeah, and yeah. I definitely <laughs> fell off the cliff twice. But once I fell into a river, and the other I fell just a short distance into like an actually kind of convenient ravine, which uh, sheltered me from the stormbird. Um, so I kind of used that to my advantage to pop out and. And pluck away at it. Was the river that you fell in full of those robo gators? No, thank goodness. <laughs> it was that's very good. forgiving <laughs> fall because there was a path directly back up to uh, the platform where where the stormbird was. Uh, but I was I fell and I was like, no, I'm gonna die. But then I didn't die, and I'm like, this is almost worse because at least we get to start over. But luckily, there was a way out. Uh, so yeah, this is, that was a good warm up I get. Besides, like warming up for this big battle, and then uh, this the part that I actually played. There were a couple like gnarly machine areas, but uh, it was mostly exploring and a lot of listening to audio files. Because like if you see something, you know I gotta scan it, right? Like a data file, oh, yeah, yeah, a text file or an audio file. And I scan them and it's like, they're all audio files. And the voice acting is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But like at 11 o'clock at night, when I'm like just trying to get to the end and I'm compelled to listen to every audio file, it's like, I didn't need to listen to all those. But uh, you learn the backstory of a lot of um, a lot of characters that you'll never meet or see, though. Exactly. (laughs) Well, it's interesting. (laughs) And I love the story. I love the direction that it went. Not exactly the direction I thought it was going. I don't think I could have guessed that. Um, did yeah? Did you listen 
to the audio logs about the the guy that was having like a relationship with someone in like one of the bunkers um they like worked together and he was like i don't know how to tell my wife that i've been having this relationship no. <laughs> did, did you you haven't There's heard that bunch one yet? that i've missed i mean i can see all the ones okay. that i've missed right but uh yeah. that sounds hilarious yeah, there's this whole audio. It's the two scientists. He was like, oh, I just got stationed here. And I met this one scientist and she showed me around. And then like, as you go through this, uh, this bunker, yeah. you'll find more and more audio logs about how their relationship gets a little more <laughs> friendly. <laughs> I'll have to go back and see if I hit that earlier or something. But yeah, yeah, that that's hilarious. No, I think they did a really good job. It's so like eerie and and tragic the way that the story unfolds through through that because you're obviously way in the future all this stuff has already happened but they yeah. do a good job i think for me at least anyway putting you back in the uh in what must have what it must have felt like to be in that situation all those years ago and i finally got some time stamps so i understand roughly the the you know how long ago all this stuff happened which was interesting okay good well, I'm excited to hear what you think when, when it wraps and up. And the thrilling conclusion. Uh, yes. Anywho. So does, yeah. does that bring us to the news? Um, uh, let's do history, history because All my right. brain can't handle improvising right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. What year is it, Docs? Yeah. What year is it? Uh, Where are we? Yeah. This time we set the dial to 1993. And uh, found a game from the archives that we actually both played uh, on April 1st. Uh, not a joke for the Sega Genesis, a.k.a. Master Drive. Cool Spot was released. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a game, real quick, that uh, features the 7-Up mascot. At least in the U.S. it was the 7-Up mascot, the little red circle spot. And uh, it's a platformer. <laughs> Another classic developed by Virgin Games, which we talked about uh, earlier. Now, you know, now that I think about it, I can see their logo in a bunch of games that I've played. Uh, but uh, yeah, you go around collecting uh, spots uh, that you use to free other cool spots with. Um, they're in cages, and it's fun. <laughs> yeah. You could say it's a refreshing title. Oh, snap. He went there. Like... Like the drink. Like the drank. Uh, but you actually played this one too, right? I I played this one as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a really fun platformer. Um, it was really interesting because back then, you know, I think there were other companies also trying to get into the video game industry, uh -huh. like Domino's, Avoid the Noid. That was uh, another really fun title that I played. Um, I don't think you see a lot of that nowadays. It's like one big commercial for their uh their product yeah i'm trying to think uh i don't know i mean it's so different the landscape is so different now so maybe they'd have like product placement or some kind of sponsorship deal like uh but yeah i don't know monster bought something didn't they they didn't bought something probably like some like motocross game yeah i think they did yep but they're heavily featured in it yeah so but anyways, nowadays really the yeah. the only place you really see product placement anymore is Riz Racing games. But I think that's that's contractual, so they have to be featured if they're going to feature like a racing team or something. Yeah, that's true. Like an F one game or 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 yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But anyways, super fun game from 1993. I actually played it on the Super Nintendo, um, but is on the this one was released on the Genesis, and it had a sequel uh, where you like played through like. You were basically in Hollywood and you played through like bits of <laughs> famous movies. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That might be worth going back and playing. I might have to check that out. Maybe it'll be on one of your archival uh, streaming game bundle <laughs> services that we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh, if we fast forward to 1996, PlayStation Resident Evil on March 30th. Tux, do you have any uh do you have a relationship with this particular game by Oof, chance man we've talked about the resident evil series a couple times and uh i guess i played it at my friend's house but i mostly watched him play it because i was kind of too mm -hmm. scared to play it 
Uh, those dogs and the liquors. Oh, the liquors. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. Yep. I, I remember my friend played this game and um, all the time, you know, we would, he would, for whatever reason, play it at nighttime. We'd have the lights like turned off, of just the light from the t- the TV. And um, there were so many jump scares in these games. I I think this was, this game was responsible for a lot of sleepless nights for Glitch. <laughs> yeah. So the game uh, itself, the story is uh, on July 24th, 1998, very specific date. A series of bizarre murders occur in the outskirts of the fictional Midwestern town of Raccoon City. And you're part of a special uh, law enforcement agency, STARS, and your team is assigned to investigate. You're uh, the Alpha team, I guess. So after contact with the Bravo team is lost, Alpha team goes is sent to investigate their disappearance. They locate Bravo team's crashed helicopter and land at the site uh, where they are suddenly attacked by a pack of monstrous dogs. And then the whole game takes place in this mansion, super creepy mansion where you find those kind of monsters uh and zombies Uh, this game was like pretty pretty uh what do you say like pivotal like really influential is the best-selling playstation game of the time um it's sort of credited in a lot of ways for bringing zombies back into mainstream culture um i mean how many zombie you know TV shows, movies, video games have you seen since uh, Resident Evil in 1996, right? Yeah, I mean, including Resident Evil. Including it's own. <laughs> still going, of yeah. course, yeah. And- still going. And uh, you're right, this was a really influential uh, video game, and it, it it's one of those that changed the landscape going forward. Uh, third-person shooters were, you know, not so much a thing, up until this point and then this is you know it bloomed from here on out well that that's one of the things that's so interesting about this game so reading a little bit about it apparently it went through several redesigns the first it was a super nintendo game and it's planned for 1993 um then a fully 3d first person shooter uh ps game by 94 then finally a third person game which is not just a shooter right it consists of action exploration puzzle solving and inventory management and that was something that i remember distinctly from this game uh you know picking up different herbs and combining them to make medicines and you can only carry so much stuff of course limited ammunition it's a survival setting so they really got that like limited resources aspect of a survival game and the the perspective was so interesting right because this also was one of the first games to use uh, pre-rendered backgrounds. And so, like, mm-hmm. if you, you remember, you walk into a room, there's, like, a little bit of load time. The room looks really nice, right? This kind of, like, shiny and, like, nicely rendered. Your character is still limited to the polygons of the time, right? You're moving around kind of <laughs> blocky. Um, if there's something for you to interact with in the room, it's really obvious you, because it's the thing you could tell. that looks worse than everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, like I, I think I'm supposed to read this book that's on that table. Yeah, I think that's super pixelated. It's like, I guess I should interact with that thing, huh? Um, but yeah, charming at this point, I would say. But uh, And each room, pretty much, you had a different camera angle and the camera angle is fixed. I remember that threw me off so bad because i'm not great spatially to begin with and then they throw this in where it's like left is not left what's going on or left you know (laughs) so yeah especially if they i want to say there was a a scene where you're in a hallway and the camera is in front of you so that was of course yeah yeah so that's also really really interesting you kind of have to like guess as to what your character may be coming up on like is there gonna be a box or something i'm gonna have to walk around i don't know yeah and i feel like that element of um there's so much puzzle solving and a little bit of exploration too uh i feel like that works really well with the genre because the jump scares are real right it's like you might be focused on the puzzle and then all of a sudden something jumps out at you and it's just like it adds to the tension. Um, really great game. Lots of cool things. You could play as either Chris or Jill. So two different characters. 
Um, the story would change as you played too, based on the decisions you make and which character you choose. Um, major plot points um, have slightly different outcomes, including the end of the game has a variety of different endings, uh, depending on how much you're able to do uh, during the game. So it, just all those great features kind of rolled into one Resident Evil. Now, Tox, mm. there was one other thing that this Resident Evil game was kind of known for. Okay. So what was that? Up until, up until this point, a lot of games, almost all games actually, had cheat codes that you could use. Fun stuff, you know, big head mode, unlimited ammo, um, which would have been huge for this game, right? Like having unlimited ammo, having unlimited heals or being invincible would have been super helpful. Uh, I think there were some unlockable codes, which would have been a first kind of for video games in this in this time period. Um but there were no cheat codes that you could just manually enter and become invincible or have unlimited ammo. So that was kind of, this is actually also a game that, that has that, it's, it's like a turning point for cheat codes in video games. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the reasons I actually didn't purchase a lot of the ones going forward. Cause I liked back then, I really loved using cheat codes. I was, you know, to me, it added to the game. I liked being super powerful and invincible or invisible and going through and exploring the levels. You could not do that with this game. Mm, that's a shame. Yeah, it's a, and it's a difficult game, I think. I mean, as it I remember. Did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get to cheat on Resident Evil, Glitch. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> All right. Then uh, in 1997, uh, for the Nintendo 64, similar, not really similar, John, yet. Doom, Doom, Doom 64. This was the era where every... Nintendo 64 game had 64 on the end of it so you knew it was a Nintendo 64 game like every Super Nintendo had Super in front of it uh which always confused me about Super Mario Brothers because Super Mario Brothers were Super before the Super Nintendo anyways uh (laughs) that's what I have to add to Doom (laughs) did you ever play any Doom games glitch no I didn't I wasn't allowed and I didn't play this title I was still too wrapped up in Goldeneye so yeah it's a first-person shooter, uh, like other classic Doom games of the era, or like Wolfenstein. I played that when I was a kid for some reason a lot yep. on my old computer. <laughs> um, but yeah, great game. Anyways, what happened next year? If we fast forward to 1998, 331 on the PC, a game you and I are very familiar with, mm-hmm. StarCraft. Yeah, StarCraft. Did you ever have LAN parties and play this game? Yeah, my one friend had, uh, I freak, I don't know why, I think maybe his related to his dad's work, he had a bunch, he had like four PCs in his basement, and they were like just oh powerful enough to run StarCraft. And uh, <laughs> Tox, that's, that's exactly what I, <laughs> I had a friend also that had like four or five Everyone computers had that in his friend. basement. That <laughs> Weird. That is yep. odd, yeah. But that was great because you could see, we all sat around the same table right there. Yep. And uh, yep. oh my gosh. Drank Mountain Dew and ate potato chips and it probably reeked of teenager down there and mm. hot computer software. Oh, yeah. Hardware. Yeah. Hot, yeah, hot computers. And yeah. Hot computers and, and boy sweat. Yum. Nothing better than that. Right? Yum. Yeah, Star. What are you guys? What are you guys doing down there? <laughs> We're playing StarCraft, mom. <laughs> it's pretty. It was really fun. It was the first game I played like this. Um, Real time strategy game. So you kind of build units, mine resources, mine resources in order to build units, and then use those units to attack. And of course, you have to strategize what you build and what units you go for. And you have limited information about what your enemy is doing. Uh, so you kind of have to take a guess. Cover all your bases. You make sure you're not exposed. collect those, collect those resources. Yeah. Otherwise, you are you require out of luck. more Vespine gas. Uh, <laughs> what was your? Uh, who did you play as? Never had enough Vespine. Uh, Protoss. Yeah, I don't know. Protoss. So you had three races: Zerg, which were like basically bug insect type race. Uh, Terran, which are humans, and then Protoss, which were the aliens. And I don't know, for me, it's hands down, right? Protoss is the coolest, right? Who doesn't want to play as an alien? Right. And I, I believe Protoss, too, uh, at least initially, they were kind of overpowered as well. Um, their build times and stuff were a lot 
faster because they tr- just transported in, right? They just kind of beamed in. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, that, they all had different animations, but, uh, they definitely, yeah. they took, they took their own time. They were instantaneous. Uh, right. Zerg was interesting because, uh, so like, I think Taryn, I don't remember if this was a thing for Taryn, but for Protoss, you had to have like these little energy crystals that allowed you to mm-hmm. build like within a certain radius of that crystal. Um, so you couldn't just build anything anywhere. You had to sort of plan and you know put these crystals around so that they had enough energy to power whatever you were going to build and for zerg you had something similar you had like a creep this like organic mud that would sort of expand as you build more and you had to kind of go and uh basically you have to expand organically like you know put something next to something and then your creep expands in that direction and kind of uh build your path that way uh i don't remember if there's anything like that for Terran. uh you remember i don't think so but uh, I think there was like an offset. So, so Zerg and Protoss were kind of more uh, Protoss, especially were were I remember kind of more OP as far as like the the characters that you could have. Um, but I think Terran was kind of a good like a good starter. Um, the characters were pretty well balanced, but you didn't have to focus on like growing anything or placing objects to to grow your base. Yeah. Um, yeah, but a lot of stuff. You, while you could grow your base and everything faster, um, that was kind of like that was your that was your one thing that you kind of had. You know, yeah. if if the Protoss was able to really crank out, um, you know, and grow their base and get to where they could unlock, I can't remember what that one character was like. The um, oh, the, it was their airships, right? Um, yeah, or no, that was that was the Terrans that had the airships. What was the Protoss had something that was like really OP. They're, for me, it was the carriers. Maybe it was. They had like, it was like okay. a giant blimp with a bunch of oh, little things, and then they basically that's just right. wreck. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of different strategies. And I remember the Zerg rush. Right, you get you can build oh, yeah. uh, Zerglings, the most basic unit, really quickly, and you can go with like six of them. And if you find the enemy like right away, those six can basically. Uh, cripple them and then you get six more and then you're done right the zerg rush was always something you had to protect against oh yeah yeah and you can't talk about starcraft without talking about battlenet i mean this was early days of online gaming and uh you were mentioning the balance you know um they had released uh dlc brood war um which added more things uh to each race as well as adjusted balance and stuff um Mm-hmm. But then you could play online with their with Blizzard servers, uh, and I just thought it was so cool. You could play on Battle.net, and there were different chat rooms you could hang out in um, and find people to play with. You, I remember, it was really popular for people to join clans. Like they put like a yep. <laughs> a prefix, like you know, a bunch of squiggly characters or something before their name, uh, and then boom, you're in a clan, and now you're like official, and you have a team. Um, yeah. It's really great. And I think Brood War, did Brood War introduce uh the ghost character? Cuz I, I think we talked about I know this a lot before. of people. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, there was a ghost of the Terrans where you could like oh. paint stuff for being nuked and then there was the Dark Templars. Yeah. That's the one I know for sure. And I want to say Lurkers. Yeah. Lurkers would burrow yeah. underground in the Zerg uh race and they were invisible unless you had a special scanning thing to detect them and uh they, you walk over them, they would like pop spikes out of the ground. So that was a good, good defense. I just know, like, I got ghosted, I guess, meant a different thing <laughs> back then. <laughs> I got ghosted a lot, you know, and it was crazy because the ghost character could, uh, could also cloak. So they could get right yeah. in range of your, they could get right in range of the heart of your base right. and just absolutely cripple you with that nuke. So, right. You got to have that overlord floating around to detect them or, uh, you know, whatever else scanning ability you have. You got to It's a lot of strategy and a lot of fun. Yep. Yep. And this is where we where I first saw, uh, you know, like mods. So you can make your own maps and you could make them programmable and you get things like like Dota like games or tower defense games. Um, So you could play community maps and it was really cool because anyone could play them. You just join the lobby and then 
you have to wait to download the map. And so sometimes people will get angry because like, oh, you don't have this map. You have to download it. You, you know, internet people. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of so much great stuff in this game. And the story was actually really fun, too. I have no idea what the story the, is, to be honest. Yeah, there was a there was a whole whole story mode. Yeah, that was a uh, was actually that. a lot of fun. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it uh, it actually did not always focus on building. A lot of times it would be like, you know, you would be the leader of a squad. You'd have this really cool, like, cut scene. And you would uh, enter, like, this uh, Zerg ship. And you'd have to go in and, like, destroy, you know, different things and rescue people. Yeah. It was really cool. It had a comp- comprehensive story, as a lot of Blizzard games do. And, of course, featured those really cool cgi scenes oh yeah the cgi scenes we talked about those before too so so great i guess it's also kind of neat to see like yeah the missions would focus on characters and there'd be individual important characters or heroes on each uh team um (laughs) which is kind of cool sort of a precursor to uh you know heroes being playing a more proper role in like uh warcraft games and dota and stuff yep yeah um, yeah. So then, in 2001, uh, on the Nintendo 64, on March 28th, Pokemon Stadium 2. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I gotta say, I didn't realize there was a sequel to this game. I think it just added more Pokemon. But basically, through the magic of the Nintendo 64's like peripheral port on the back of the controller, <laughs> you know, where you plugged in the the memory pack and your Rumble pack. Uh, you could plug in a little thingy that let you plug in your Game Boy game and uh, upload your Pokemon to your Nintendo 64 in order to battle them in 3D. Yeah, Pretty I did that. Sweet. It was a lot of fun. Pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean... Did the first one a lot for that, too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it yeah. did. I yeah. think I want to say... Just totally guessing, because I didn't look it up, but I just wanted to mention it because it's such a cool concept. Uh, but I think it added maybe more Pokemon. I'm not sure what other features it added, but Pokemon Stadium as a whole, just such a cool concept when, you know, you have to remember at that time, you didn't really have 3D Pokemon in any other form. Uh, and yeah, so it was pretty cool. I, yeah. Do you remember, I had this thing for my Super Nintendo uh, where you could plug it in, you know, it's like, it's like a game cartridge, but again, you can plug in a Game Boy game into the cartridge and you could play your Game Boy game on the TV through your Super Nintendo. Do you remember this? No. No, okay. I didn't have that. Yeah. I don't know That's why cool I had though. it. My parents were too nice to me to give me all the stuff that I asked for. <laughs> but it, it was awesome yeah. because, like, uh, at the time, we're using that monochrome Game Boy. Uh, this was <laughs> a way to add some color. It kind of added some color to the game. Um, and I think you could do funny stuff like you could... Uh, draw on it too it was almost like a added some mario oh. paint features on top of it <laughs> but uh yeah hmm. hmm the good old days all right what's next yeah all right next up we're going to 2005 playstation 2 lego star wars uh have you played any of the lego games yeah i played one on the wii a long time ago and i've got a couple in my backlog okay and uh it's great that you put this in here because on April 5th, the Skywalker saga will be coming out. So we'll actually be able to play through all nine games with a roster of, I think, over 500 characters or 300 characters. So nice. and that's to start. There's always DLC. Yeah. But these are great games. They have a pretty much like a set formula. Different characters can do, you know, different things. And you play through the Star Wars story. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, this was the first one in that series, so kind of cool. And there were actually a number of LEGO Star Wars games that came out this week in history. Uh, I just picked this one because it's notable as the first one, and it was around the time of the prequels, and so this one actually goes through the three prequel movies, episodes one, two, and three. Uh, And of course, it's known for uh, its faithful yet hilarious retelling of, uh, of the movies that it represents. Oh, yeah. Now, they did also attempt to kind of change their formula a little bit with... um, So this one kind of, like, started that whole, like, formula thing for them. Uh, There was a change. I want to say it was two or three LEGO games in. They did a LEGO Star Wars game that was not this one. But they changed the formula, and it was bad. 
Don't it was mess real bad. with success. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love I love these games. They're super funny uh, and super fun, and you know they're popular. And the new ones coming out soon. There's also Keep doing it. a bunch of Resident <laughs> Evil games this week in history. Sorry. Oh really? Yeah. There's a few other ones huh. too, but Resident. Did Resident Evil 5 come out this week by chance? Do you remember? Um, these were zero and maybe three. Okay. Five week? was a lot of fun. I played that one with friends. Friends are good. I approve. Friends are good. <laughs> <laughs> well, take us forward maybe another year or two or so. Uh, okay. um, so I threw <laughs> this in here just because I know we've talked about it a bunch. On 2007, on April 3rd, for the Xbox 360 Guitar Hero 2. Uh, we love oh, Guitar yeah. Hero. I couldn't, I've played so much Guitar Hero, I could not tell you how each Guitar Hero game differs. They're all kind of a blur to me, but <laughs> noted Guitar Hero 2 came out this week in history. Uh, and then there was a funny one that I put in as the last last one, which I, I this grab, the, the title grabbed me. I had never heard of it, so I looked it up. Uh, in 2018, for the Nintendo Switch on April 3rd, Penny Punching Princess. Uh, oh, you you ever hear of this game? No. <laughs> what what is this about? What happened here? Uh, I mean, this is <laughs> the extent of what I know about it. Straight from uh, the fandom site. The player beats up enemies in levels to generate money. Maintaining combos increases the amount of money earned. While the enemies are in their break state, the right stick can be used to grind more money out of them. Money can be used to activate special traps to use them or bribe enemies in to fight on the player's side for a short bit uh, before disappearing. The player can also use money to invest in miracle powers, which have various powerful effects, including reviving the player. Uh, so there you go. You have two choices for characters: a princess or zombie girl, Isabella. Uh, yeah, you level up and get skill points. So hmm. looks pretty cool. Like kind of quirky. Uh, kind of I guess kind of a beat 'em up style game, and uh, get some skills and stuff. So I just like the name Penny Punching Princess. Interesting. I'll have to. Uh, I'll check out a, a trailer on that one. Yeah, that sounds. That sounds very different. It does. <laughs> and with that. that that's it. Just with that. Okay. It's time for the news. It's time, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you had a sneeze or something coming on. Oh, no. I, I was. Uh, it was a cliffhanger and I was hoping you would finish my sentence. I see. That okay. was on purpose. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of stuff in the news this week. Uh, you want to start us off? So, uh, it's been rumored for a little while that PlayStation was going to be restructuring their PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Now programs. Uh, the code name for that was leaked a little while ago, code name Spartacus. Mm. Uh, it was rumored that uh, PlayStation was really going to try to go after Game Pass and its success. And uh, I think there's, this is the start that what would you say tox i think yeah it's a baby uh, step <clears throat> it's a baby step uh for sure so what they have done is essentially uh combined their playstation plus and playstation now programs this was officially announced this morning we're gonna have three tiered subscription uh three tiered subscriptions to choose from so the first is going to be playstation plus essential this is basically the unchanged playstation plus that we've all known and loved. Uh, there's no pricing changes or anything, is there? It's just vanilla. It is what it is. Yeah, so PS Plus costs you $10 a month if you play monthly, or $60 a year, which equates to $5 a month if you pay yearly. PS Now is the same, um, and PS Plus Essential will be, I guess, just like having PS Plus Now, 10 bucks a month or 5 bucks a month if you pay yearly same features playstation plus extra is where you will have access to the kind of the first tier of playstation now um uh features so for 14.99 a month or what is it a hundred dollars yearly mm -hmm. uh so that's only about two extra dollars a month if you pay for the yearly 
you're going to get access to PlayStation Plus Essential. Uh, so all your your regular things. And then four, about 400 games on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. And instead of streaming like you do on PlayStation Now, these are going to be available for download. So I know, uh, Tox, you and I have talked about it. Uh, I have also used PlayStation Now in the past. And the streaming capabilities are they're they're kind of weak. They're not there yet. They're not on the same level as as Game Pass. Their servers just they're not strong enough yet. They're still growing. Um, I think this is a a positive step in the right direction. Being able to download, but here's the big caveat: these are only going to be playable on a PlayStation Four or PlayStation Five. So, right, like we were saying, it's a baby step, but not quite not quite on the Game Pass level yet. Yeah, that's for the middle tier, which uh, is basically how I use PS uh, Plus and PS Now already. I guess the one thing I like, so the last tier is the premium tier, which adds game streaming and a catalog of PS3 and earlier games, uh, as well as time-limited game trials, uh, whatever that means. And you can play this on the PC. Uh so it adds a few things. Um, you know, it doesn't say anything about playing it on other non-PC devices, uh, which seems like a you know something that they they're still lacking, especially compared to Game Pass. Um, and the PlayStation Plus Premium is a, effectively the same price as having PS Plus and PS Now today, hundred twenty bucks yearly. Uh, and it seems like it's pretty much the same features as having PS Plus and PS Now today. Uh, you know, for me, I was thinking I might actually downgrade because I'm paying for both. I paid for both and I was like, I'll try it and I'll do the yearly one because it's the best financially, the best deal. So I'll just try it. Um, when I first got my PS5 last year, now that actually the timing is great for me because my subscriptions are coming due soon in a couple months. And, uh, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to save some money and just do PlayStation Plus Extra because... Like the streaming is the streaming is great for like trying something. So I feel like. But there's really not that much downside to downloading it unless you're like really strapped for hard drive space and you don't want to manage stuff and delete stuff uh, or archive stuff. I mean, if you have any of these services, you have cloud saves, so you're not losing your saves. I can't like well, you don't want to wait for the download time, I guess. But every time you start the streaming, there's a little bit of a startup time. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, really the only benefit for me for streaming was old games, which admittedly I'm less interested in personally, and uh, being able to quickly try something and decide, ah, I don't like it and I'm not going to go through downloading it. But again, kind of a small hurdle anyways. I, I would say that the middle tier is is lacking a little bit. I think they should probably add that timed trial uh feature to the the middle tier uh then no one would get the premium tier (laughs) yeah yeah uh i I think that 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 you know if they're trying to compete with game pass i can't play any of those titles on the middle tier on any other if they're going to compete i need to be able to play this on my phone you know that's that's the draw of game pass and new titles new titles too like that i think that's what they're stepping towards in the premium by saying that they're right. offering trials which will be like right. okay i mean i don't want a trial for a game that's 10 years old hopefully that's a trial for like a game that's just you know been released um yeah but i think uh, that's what we're still what we're seeing here yeah like you know returnal is that a game that i would be interested in i'd love to be able to have a a timed trial for that and you know play it for an hour or two or three three hours and then make the decision whether or not I'd like to purchase the title. That's not something that's currently available. Some games will do that when they come to PlayStation. They'll give you what is it, like a free weekend or whatever. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, um, but a lot of titles don't do that. And I think that the time trial piece should be included maybe on that middle tier for people that are interested in those other streaming, uh, if they want to play the PS2 games, if you want to be able to stream PlayStation 4 games, on your pc okay pay for the higher tier but uh, i i would say the middle tier just maybe doesn't have enough um meat and potatoes there 
Oh, I think the total opposite. I think the only selling point for the premium tier is the trial. And it's like without the trial, I think it's a lot weaker. And so from (laughs) their perspective, perhaps they think that, too. And that's why it's in the in the premium and not in the middle. If it's just in the middle tier, what do you need a premium for? Oh, basically old old games. And I mean, there's plenty of new games to play unless you're super nostalgic. get that for a month and play them or whatever but you don't need them and the streaming like you said you can't play it on your phone so what does it matter uh right and it's a great deal right 100 bucks a year that's 20 bucks a year less than what i'm paying now for all the features that i'm already using so right and 400 plus games so that's that's gonna be four and ps5 games so that seems like they snuck in a little like you know you can download a free monthly ps5 game already it's they're not mm-hmm. like the first party games, but you can download them. Uh, but now it seems like perhaps that catalog has also grown. Um, but it seems to imply that the catalog itself will include PS5 games. But maybe they're saying like, I don't know, there's a lot of different ways you could slice that. It doesn't necessarily mean. So they mentioned Returnal specifically being in the catalog. Yeah, so that's good. Yep. That's a PS5 exclusive that you can't get today that will be in the catalog. But it's also a couple years old, right? It's not that uncommon to throw games that are a couple years old into the catalog. So is that really a change? I don't know. And, you know, every game now that comes out is basically PS4 and PS5, like sort of dual branded. So are you really getting more PS5 games or are you just getting more PS4 games that also have an upgraded PS5 version? Who knows? This is a baby step. Baby. This is a yeah. a baby step. They've they're combining their PlayStation Plus PlayStation Now, which I think is that's a very good idea. They I don't know why you had separate to begin with. They should have had tiers to begin with. And then now maybe they can start working on bringing these titles to other uh, playability on on other consoles on other not maybe not consoles but other uh, other devices. Right. Um. I don't know if they're going to have to create like a separate app. I think the Xbox app and the Game Pass app, I think, might be different. So maybe maybe we will see a PlayStation app, which we have currently, which is pretty good. And maybe a uh, PlayStation streaming app or something. Or maybe they'll they'll incorporate it into the PlayStation app that we currently have. Yeah, if they ever get into to the app. I've tried the, the PC streaming and uh, it, it works like pretty well, but it is its own its own thing uh yeah so i think we should talk about tiny tina um what do you think yeah let's jump forward all right let's do it uh well one quick thing i wanted to mention just because a little bit of a humble brag uh i saw that on amazon you can get a pokemon t-shirt subscription um so i did and i'll let you know how that goes Oh, I'm excited to hear about that. I, I saw that actually advertised they one of those pointed ads towards me. Yeah. So um, I thought about it. Uh, I'll be anxious to see. This is actually Amazon's first attempt at those subscription things, right? Oh, they have tons of subscriptions. They've had subscriptions for a long time. Uh, okay. I don't know about the t-shirts specifically, but um, yeah, I have a bunch of other subscriptions through Amazon, like for my dog food. Um Okay. Now I have one for Pokemon t-shirts. I mean, you cancel anytime. It's 20 bucks a month, which is a little pricey for t-shirts, but I'm I'm curious. So I got 20 bucks. I'll let you know how it goes. All right. This brings us to our feature, I suppose. All right. Base theme. Glitch. Yeah. The day on Friday, tell me, tell me how the day went for you on Friday when Tiny Tina's came out. All right, so I'll be honest. I woke up at midnight and uh, I just had to launch it. Like I didn't have time to play because uh-huh. I had I, I work I work on the weekends. Yeah, and uh, I get up very early as boat captains do, and uh, yeah. So I, I woke up. I just looked at it, and then after I got off work, which was about noon, I. Uh, I booted it up and started playing and I was overwhelmed by how incredible this game (laughs) is. Um, I've played all the Borderlands titles, every single one of them. And uh, Borderlands 3 was the last title that that came out. This is completely different than that. 
Uh, it's like uh, Skyrim meets Borderlands. They've continued, they've kind of like further pushed the art design of that cell shaded art that they're known for. Yeah. Um, they just keep refining it and it looks stunning right now. Uh, yeah. The first, uh, first place that you load into has very Skyrim vibes. You know, the, the grassy fields, the castle backgrounds, uh, everything. It's so pretty. And then uh, you come across your first couple enemies. And I have to say the gunplay in this is a lot more, uh, I don't know, it's, it's cleaner than it was in okay. Borderlands 3. More forgiving? So it's a, or... Yeah, I would say it's a lot more forgiving too. The, you do have difficulty levels that you can select, which... I don't know that that's a Borderlands thing previously. Mm. I want to say, I want to say you had a base difficulty, and then it did. Once you beat the game, you could kind of play like a plus version that was harder. Yeah. Um. So you do have difficulties in this. You can play easy, medium, hard. Um, and you kind of get different incentives to play on a harder difficulty. The the loot tends to be better. Right. Um, but. Regardless, the the game is incredible no matter what difficulty level you play on, and it is more forgiving than any of the previous Borderlands games. Now, with that being said, I will say anyone new to a Borderlands game, uh, if I were picking a class, there are six classes to choose from. Okay. The class that I would choose as a new person would be the Spore Warden. Okay. And the reason being is you get a companion that follows you around. It's a little mushroom dude. Um, he's pretty cute, <laughs> and he toots. He's got he's got a he's got a gassy problem. Uh, but later in his skill tree, there is an ability to uh, heal you if you go into uh, what is it called? It's like lost soul mode or something i, I oh, can't yeah. remember what, quite what they get call knocked it, but out basically. essentially yeah yep so the cool thing in, in this has been kind of like in all the borderlands titles before you die so like let's say your shield and your health is gone yeah you don't die right away in borderlands you go into this like last breath mode and essentially if you get a kill while you're in this mode while you're this little timer is ticking down you come back to life uh, half your shields are restored sometimes, half your health is restored, and then you can kind of work on building back up. This guy will actually pause that timer if he's not dead and he can get to you. He'll pause that timer and heal you and bring you back. So that's why I think the Spore Warden is the best starter class that you can pick. All right. Get a little uh, extra this. safety net there. You do, yeah. And a lot of the uh, kind of the abilities in the skill tree are kind of based on health and healing. So you know, especially if you're going to solo the game, this would be a good solo uh, character to pick as well. All right. Very cool. Um, uh, tell me a little bit yeah. about, uh, if you would, for those not as familiar with Skyrim and Borderlands, yeah, I think you did, that was a great description of, like, what kind of happens in the game. Like, what is it, so, like, what is a primary gameplay like? Is it mostly gun battles? Because I saw some other stuff, too. I'm really curious about yeah, so uh, it kind of comes back to your classes. So okay. first off, you have the the Berserker, you have the Clawbringer, um, which gets you a, a little Wavern. I think it's, is it Wyvern? Wavern? Oh, it's am. a little dragon yeah, compared to dragons. Yep. <laughs> I, I've never known how to say <laughs> right. that. Uh, Graveborn gets you a Demi-Lish? Lish? Demi-Lish? Okay. It's, it's a little skull dude who follows you around. Okay. And of course, the Spore Warden that we talked about gets you a Mushroom Companion. There's the Spell Shot. Um and the Stabomancer. So <laughs> I love it. I love the, the gameplay. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, the gameplay is really going to vary depending on which one of these classes you pick because okay. um you know this is these games are always kind of focused on team play. So like I was saying, if you were if you're solo in it, I would probably try to to pick a, the Spore Warden class that'll help with healing. Um. A class such as like the Clawbringer, you're kind of getting in there and, you know, you're using melee attacks combined with uh, your gunplay, combined with using your companion and spells. Like there's, there is a lot. So you're not just shooting a gun. You are ordering your companion to do attacks. Uh, they replace grenades. 
So in all the previous Borderlands games, you could use grenades unless you played as, I think it was Zane in the last, uh, in Borderlands 3, who got two abilities. But what they did is they replaced grenades with spells, which is yeah. incredible. Yeah. It adds, it adds an incredible layer of gameplay. So like, um, no, no real spoilers. You, a lot of people have seen, seen the footage. Trailers. Yeah, you can, trailer stuff is fair yeah. game, I think. Um, some of the spells would be like calling down comets from like space nice. and just obliterating your enemies. Uh, and then there's like a little cooldown time. It could be 13 seconds. It could be 10 seconds. And then you have all these different buffs that you can get to, to drive that time down even more. I think I, uh, right now with my build, um, I have a Clawbringer and a, what is it? It's a Clawbringer and Graveborn. Um, so I have two companions actually that follow me around the little skull dude and my little mini dragon. Uh, I can use them to heal and destroy the battlefield at the same time. So like the little skull dude heals me, the little dragon just casts lightning rods all over the, it's, it's wild. It's wild to see on the, on the screen while you're playing. It looks, um, that's the one thing I noticed just watching. <laughs> it's the chaotic. It looks so great and it still looks great when you're playing it too. It does. Nice. It is. And it, the, the hashtag was be chaotic. Great or chaotic. Right, great. Right. It is, it is chaotic. Now, nice. like the great thing is, is you really don't have to worry. You know, if you're like the spore warden or something about like, like, like that, you're taking damage, but it like doesn't matter because you're offsetting it with, you know, stealing health from enemies as you're just destroying them. It is incredible. Nice. You know, you're calling down asteroids from space while your companions are attacking the enemies at the same time. You're shooting your gun and you're using your, your special ability, whatever that is. Um, so, like, my special ability is using, uh, they've very carefully stated that it is not Thor's hammer, <laughs> but it is a hammer that is, uh, that casts lightning rods down from the sky, or lightning bolts down. Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, I throw the hammer, and I've got these asteroids raining down, and I've got my companions attacking, and it's a lot. It's a lot happening. Nice. Yeah, there's, it sounds like there's a lot of references to those classic sort of fantasy game tropes as well. Uh, what, oh, yeah. What, one question, though. So you said you had mm -hmm. two characters or two classes. What, what's going on? Are you yes. playing two different loadouts or can you be multi-class? Mm -hmm. What's the deal? You can be multi-classed, actually. So once you hit a certain moment, that is a spoiler. So I will not share what that moment is. Once you get to a certain moment in the game, uh, you will actually be able to dual class. So nice. you can use um, you can use abilities from both classes. You can also have double the companions. So um, not like I said, not every class has a companion. There's three with companions and three without. And uh, yeah, so I have two companions that follow the Graveborn. Um, the the graveborn class is more towards uh when you cause damage you receive health from that damage so uh you can also hurt yourself and by hurting yourself uh like let's say you half your health like uh i'm going to sacrifice half of my health but uh, what i get in return is like triple or quadruple damage towards the enemy mm. so yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting concept. I like that. I, li I like I, I, that. Sounds like the classes are are pretty well thought out, and it's funny to hear you describe them because they sound like uh, D and D characters. They sound like Diablo characters, right? They sound like things that we're familiar with already from other games, um, and it sounds like they just made them, you know, funny. But also, it sounds like they're pretty true <laughs> to those uh, their source material too. They are, and they actually, they make talks, they make fun of D&D, &D, they make fun of Diablo um, and role-playing games in general all the time. You know, there's a few moments where uh, maybe there's a quest that you're supposed to go on and they're like, you know how RPGs are. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. I need you to bring me this shirt so that I can give you this so that, yeah. you know, you can 
ultimately accomplish your goal. There's a couple moments, you know, where they're like, okay, okay, this is a fetch quest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can we just can we just get to the end of it? Like, I'm not I'm not doing all that. Just <laughs> give me the just give me the key. I'm not. No, we're not playing this game. <laughs> it's it sounds cool because you have sort of like a tiny tina as like a dungeon master and so there's that fourth wall breakage going on there a little bit of commentary along the way yeah it's a it's a game inside of a game and they have done a great job doing that um i really can't wait to see um where this franchise continues to go i'm about halfway through i want to say right now um there is like a progress meter that shows you, I think it says like 12%, because there are so many side quests yeah. that you can do. Um, they've also already announced DLC that'll be coming out April 21st. Uh, that's going to include, what is it? What is it called? The Mirrors of Mystery. Those are probably going to be um, kind of what it looks like is procedurally generated boss battles. So you'll be able to enter a mirror. Hmm. And it's going to take you into this random boss battle and you'll fight and get loot. <laughs> so nice. And you can do that with your friends. Uh, they're also going to introduce a new class. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm very, very hopeful for like a, maybe like a vampire type class. I think that would be really cool. Ooh. Yeah. You're into that undead stuff. You're the necromancer in Diablo yeah. <laughs> three. You're the graveborn in this game. Okay. I'm sensing a trend. <laughs> <laughs> right um but yeah th this is a, a great title if if you've never played a borderlands game that's a-okay this is wonderlands uh it's a it's a new a new take on that series and i think if you've never played one this is a really great first uh first game to play it's very forgiving which i borderlands 2 is probably still my favorite borderlands game there's there's a lot there for me, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that happens in Borderlands 2 story-wise. Butt Stallion. Um, but it is. Butt Stallion <laughs> was introduced. Butt Stallion's back in this one. Yeah. Um, but that is not a forgiving game. The bosses are incredibly brutal. And if you try to solo Borderlands 2, it's, it's doable, but it's very difficult. So are you playing this game uh, solo? Or are you have connected with anyone yet to play co-op and try that out? Nope, I am currently playing solo. Uh, this is cross-platform though, so this is the one of the first titles. Uh, I think like period. Uh, I mean, there's other games that are cross-platform, but um, like Fortnite. Uh, but they're they're kind of few and far between. This is cross-platform between you know PC, PlayStation, Xbox. Uh, anybody can play with you, which is pretty great. As long as you have a shift account. Nice. Uh, that's, yeah. Yep. This, so this, I gotta say, like, a lot of the things you described um, kind of drew me towards this game. I haven't, I haven't gotten it yet, but it's definitely something that I feel like versus Borderlands, I kind of, I tried Borderlands. It didn't really mesh with me that well. This seems a little bit more fun, a little bit more uh, my style and different gameplay elements, so... Uh, what the, like what uh final what final impressions do you want to leave us with on your first your first your final first impressions for this game yep so i will say the introduction of the overworld is a lot of fun it reminds nice. me a lot of old school pokemon games where there's yeah. um there's these little random encounters and it, any encounter in a borderlands game equals loot so um but you can also dismiss the encounter so hmm. um you know, you if you do a melee attack real quick before they can kind of get you, you get them before they get you. Um, <laughs> then then you can kind of call off that encounter when you're walking through weeds and stuff. That's funny. Um, That's kind of like the Paper Mario does that too. You can sort of sneak up on the overworld enemies and bop them without having to go into a full-on battle. That, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. There's, so, there's so many references to other games. Like Pokemon, there's, there's references to all types of um, pop culture uh any just stuff in pop culture it's it's really great i will say that the one of my favorite things in this game is the customization that you get mm. um as you're defeating enemies you will unlock different customizations to your character and there's more customization than just your character i will say that i i, 
No spoilers. Okay. Right, but you're okay. not just customizing your character, All right. which is pretty cool. All right. And um, you can unlock anything from like a helmet for your character to uh, a different style of beard. So crazy customization. I love beard styles. So I'm in. <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's it's a lot of fun. Looking forward to uh, to finishing it and then starting on the DLC when it comes out. Awesome. I think. Thank you for that impression. That's so detailed. I'm like excited now to try it out. Hopefully, uh, you and I can play together. I think I think that would be that way that I want oh. to experience this game. It would be a real blast. Um, it's also, you know, one last thing. It's incredibly easy to become overpowered in this game. Nice. Towards the beginning, as long as you have the right loot, this game can be incredibly easy um, as far as playthrough goes. Okay. Easy's not bad. All right. Well, I think I definitely leveled up after that conversation. At least, I think that was a double for me. I think that was at least two levels for me. Uh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to have a great day, I hope. Um, but yeah. Oh, you will. Yeah, I think so. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody, once again to another episode of the Morning XP Boost. Uh, you know, we give you experience and stuff. You level up. We have fun. You know, you can subscribe to our podcast. It's always free. No ads, no payments, no nothing. Um, Yeah. Any final parting words, Glitch? Oh, I think you know what they are. Mm, Ooga booga boogaloo. Bye. Bye, everybody.